Welcome to Software Security Chat Chat number 236 for the 18th of March 2016. It's John Shire here broadcasting live from CBIT in Hanover, Germany. I'm joined today by a colleague of mine and senior sales engineer in the region, Mario Winter. Hi Mario. Hi John. So it's great to be back in Germany. I, I've been here a few times and uh, it's fun to catch up with uh, old colleagues and really to see the IT security world from a different angle. You know, I attend a lot of shows in North America and we obviously discuss North American centric things. But uh, being here in CBIT, I, I noticed a little bit of a different vibe. And for those listeners who aren't familiar with CBIT, can you please just describe generally what it is? Yeah, in general, the CBIT is one of the biggest uh, IT trade shows in the world. Yeah, it's still very important for us, especially at Sophos, to uh, be part of the CBIT and uh, talk to our customers and partners here. Yeah, so speaking of that, I did watch it this, this week at the booth and you know I, I was talking to as many people as I could or I should say the people that wanted to talk to me in English but uh, I was watching you talking to customers and partners and uh, I was wondering was there a common theme this year specifically around IT security that uh, kept coming up with those in, in those discussions uh, yeah we got different topics uh, at the moment one of the of the of the hottest topics in the IT security world is uh, sandboxing, for example, and especially in comparison to, to last year, uh, where we highlighted our Galileo story. Um, this year, sandboxing is very, very interesting for our customers. Yeah, so speaking of sandboxing, you know, we, we just released a, uh, a feature called Sandstorm specifically to, uh, to address that sandboxing market. And sandboxing is one of those things that can help with, specifically with threats like uh, ransomware. And uh, you know, by detecting the booby trap documents that come in through email that then eventually infect your machine with ransomware. Um, speaking of ransomware, this is quite a hot topic in Germany right now, isn't it? I think there was a couple really big stories in the media lately. Uh, yeah, a lot of hospitals being hit uh, in the past by, by ransomware, which were in the news, and um, yeah, it, it's very hard for them to deal with. And uh, so, um, just to name three, CryptoWall, CTP Locker, Unlucky are um, one of the of the actual ransomware which we are seeing in in in, uh, uh, in Germany, especially in Dach, uh, in the Dach region. So Dach is uh, basically. Deutschland, Austria, and Switzerland, That's right. uh, for those who don't know. Um, now, looking at some of the research that we did, uh, banking Trojans are also popular. One of them is the Emotet banking Trojan, and what I find really interesting is uh, one kind of usually follows the other, doesn't it? It's, it's, it's kind of funny because, uh, yeah, they first coming in with a Trojan to steal uh, the banking accounts, and when there's there's no, no, no money anymore, they they come in with the, with the ransomware uh, to encrypt your data and, and, and get more money out of the bank. Yeah. Right, so they take all your real money and then ask for bitcoins later. <laughs> so speaking of bank heists, uh, there was a story recently about some cyber bank robbers who stole just a little over $100 million from the Bangladesh Central Bank. Now this is a pretty big heist. It appears that uh, they got past the bank security system, stole some credentials, and then effectively sent some requests to the New York Federal Reserve to transfer large sums of money from their account in the New York Federal Reserve to other accounts in the Philippines and Sri Lanka. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Uh, yeah, of course. They, they steal around about $100 million uh, in fake transfers. And uh, the money was being sent to the Philippines they had at least four requests for 
around about 80 million dollars got through and the funny thing was the fifth request uh, about 20 million dollar was spotted by the German bank by the Deutsche Bank because of a typo yeah? and uh, so they asked if everything is correct because the typo was the word foundation uh, was misspelled with foundation. Right, so that money was destined for the Shalika Foundation, which they misspelled. But it could have been a lot worse, couldn't it? Uh, of course, yeah. Uh, they sent thousands of requests to the Federal Reserve Bank of New York. In total, uh, over $850 million. And um, the destinated accounts were in the Philippines and in Sri Lanka. So it's a good thing that uh, the Deutsche Bank was watching and made sure that uh, no further transfers could occur and, and a lot of money. So this could have been a, a, around a billion dollar heist, which I think could have been the largest cyber bank heist ever. So the last story we're going to cover, uh, again with the German angle, is that of a, a Facebook story. Uh, before we do that, uh, let's talk a little bit about uh, you know, the EU data privacy laws. Recently, the safe harbor provisions, the safe harbor agreement was struck down and was eventually replaced by the uh, EU Privacy Shield. Can you just describe to our listeners who may not be familiar with that exactly what that is? Uh, as, as you said, eventually, uh, it's not finalized yet. And what, what is the, what is the uh, Privacy Shield? It's, uh, in general, it's an agreement between the European uh, and the United States of getting the European data, uh, the privacy data, uh, to America for different proposals. Right, so having you know citizens' private data on American servers. So this relates to a story because uh, there was a company here in Germany, uh, Pieck und Kloppenberg, um, which was recently brought to a regional court in Dusseldorf because of a breach of that privacy. Can you explain a little bit to us what happened in this case? Yeah, they, they had the, the Facebook like button on their side and um, so people with or without a Facebook account could, could agree or, or, or like their, their, uh, their stores. And the data behind that like button, the user data, uh, was sent to third parties without the knowledge, without the, the acceptance of, of the visitors. Right, so that, that is a big problem, right? Because as you said, even without a Facebook account, this information, such as an IP address, for example, that could be used to track who you are and what you're doing, uh, was being sent to Facebook. And, and just so that listeners uh, are clear, this is not the actual Facebook like button on, on the Facebook site itself. This is the code that Facebook provides to websites to put on their own sites. Um, I believe the judge in the case said that uh, the disclaimer that was at the bottom of the site just wasn't enough of a consent agreement for this particular action. And uh, what I want to know is, why is this important? Yeah, because it's, it's, it's privacy data and uh, we are Germans uh, more granular with privacy data than the rest of the world, as you know, John. And uh, so you need to get the acceptance of each visitor uh, of his privacy data before you can send it to third parties. Right, exactly. And I think uh, this is one of those issues that, uh, you know, it is big in Germany. We hear about the, the 
European privacy laws a lot more um, in North America as, as you know, sort of being the standard that uh, we should all uphold. And so, yeah, I think this is going to be an interesting story to see how it develops because it's still there's um, there's still some question as to what the recourse is going to be here. But it uh, the the company itself could be fined at least two hundred and fifty thousand euros, which translates to about two hundred seventy five thousand dollars American, um, and could include up to a six month jail term for one of the company's. Uh, managers. So, yeah, I think, that, you know, when you're talking about matters of privacy, it's taken quite seriously here. So as CBIT is wrapping up, uh, you know, we all start thinking about the next step and the next show that we're going to be at uh, for you and, and possibly for me, hopefully, is the It's a Show in Nuremberg in, in October. Can you just talk to us a little bit about that show and what uh, people are meant to expect if they attend? Uh, of course. And Yes, we would be happy to have you here, John, uh, in October. Um, the difference between the CBIT and, the, and the, the ITSA, which is called ITSA here in Germany, is uh, that the ITSA is a pure security trade show. Um, there's only one big hall and the, the main security uh, vendors are there and, and highlighting their, their strategies, their products, and um, it's, it's one, of, one of the other main trade shows uh, here in Germany. Great. So yeah, like you said, hopefully we'll uh, we'll see each other again soon and uh, maybe at the ITSA show. And on that note, I will conclude Sofo Security Checklist Chat number 236. As always, for all of your security news, you can surf on over to nakedsecurity.sofos.com. If you enjoyed this podcast and would like to hear more, you can find them at soundcloud.com slash And until next time, stay secure.